0: If you think about the applications you use in your daily life on your iPhone, you know, it has beautiful user interfaces. The user experience is superb. You're really enjoying using those applications. And I think we need to apply the same level of quality into the business applications we deploy as an enterprise.
1: Welcome to Amazing Applications, episode 125. I'm your host. Business Applications MVP Neil Benson. You'll find show notes and a transcript of this episode on the show's website, amazingapps.show125. Today I'm joined by Emil Hofgaard and Sheelan Bana from EY to share their insights from building the PowerPost app that's used internally within EY globally. Emil is an Associate Director at EY and is the leader of the Nordic Tech Hub running agile digital transformation squads to transform EY from the inside out. He's joined by Shilin Banna. He's a senior developer working with Emil in the Nordic Tech Hub. Before we meet Emil and Sheelan I'd like to congratulate Annie De Silva from Factor for completing my Scrum for Microsoft Business Apps course. To Bill Winder, Chika Oluchi, and Jacqueline Lundquist from Incremental Group for completing the course and achieving their professional Scrum Master certifications. I also wanted to thank Stuart, Simon, James, Ken, and Damien from Incremental Group, as well as Justin and Gary from Advantage Business Systems for their recent participation in my winning Agile Projects Masterclass that we wrapped up a couple of weeks ago. Thanks to all of you for being part of the Customer Academy, and well done. Right, let's meet Emil and Shilin from EY. Well, welcome to the Amazing Application Show. I've got Emil and Shilin with me. Welcome, guys, all the way from Denmark. A very special welcome to you.
0: Thank you. Thanks for having us.
1: We're here to chat about the project that you had within the Nordic Tech Hub at EY to build an application called PowerPost. Before we get into that story, which I think is going to be a fascinating story for our audience, I wonder if you could give us a quick introduction, let us know a little bit more about yourself and your role at EY. Emil, do you want to go first?
0: Sure, thank you. My name is Emil Hofgart. I'm the Nordic Digital Transformation Lead for EY. I'm also the creator and leader of Nordic Tech Hub, which is a team now of about 25 people in the Nordic who creates business applications for EY internally. And for breakfast, I had uh, howlgreen, it's called in Danish. It's a type of uh, oatmeal with milk on it and a bit of sugar. Very delicious.
1: Yeah, I have that every morning um, with my Danish parents-in-law. Very cool. me welcome. I'll give you an opportunity to introduce yourself.
2: Perfect. Thanks. Um, Yes, I'm Sheelan Barner. I am a developer in the Nordic Tech Hub. Joined here last year and um, have been working on the PowerPost application and building it out through the different features. For my breakfast this morning, it was a protein shake and a banana because that's what I do after gym. So that's usually my breakfast. (laughs) That's a bit about me. Emil, what's what's your favorite Microsoft application?
0: It's hard to choose. Uh, I think I'm going to go with something very simple, which is their to-do list. I've been through a lot of different providers of to-do lists uh, in my time, but I really like the integration features of Microsoft To Do, and it just helps me stay in control and prioritized.
1: Cool. So, did you ever use Wonderlist before it became? I have Microsoft To Do. Yeah, me too. Yeah, it's great to see that being integrated now into Office and things. Yeah, cool. And Shilin, what's your favorite Microsoft app at the moment?
2: I would say Power Automate would probably be one of them. I think the ability that you can get from simple flows and the output that you can get is is amazing. So I had come from a robotics process automation background. So having the simplicity of a Power Automate function is is miles ahead of what we can do. So quite happy about that.
1: And Emil, I can't let you get away without telling us a little bit about your time spent in Australia. Was that with EY as well?
0: It was. It was in a client-facing role in the EY strategy team down there. So worked in Sydney on corporate strategy projects, uh, business transformation projects. So um, I had the pleasure of, of spending a lot of time in, in Sydney, but also many of, of the smaller cities such as Port Macquarie and, and whatnot. So yeah, I had a really great time there.
1: Yeah, great. Yeah, cool. Shilin, have you ever been down to Australia?
2: Uh, no, I have not. Um, I'm originally South African, so for me, it's one of the places to go to watch good cricket, but uh, <laughs> maybe one day to the MCG, hopefully.
1: Yeah, cool. <laughs> All right. So I was fascinated to read the, the recent case study Microsoft published about EY's Power Post application, but I was just curious because I, I think of EY as a massive client-facing organization and you have digital transformation services that can help your clients embrace Microsoft technology and achieve their business goals. But the Nordic Tech Hub builds applications for internal use. Is that right?
0: That's correct. EY's purpose is to build a better working world. And and we say in our team, our purpose is to build a better working EY because internally EY needs to be as good as it can be operational, right? To deliver the best services to our clients possibly.
1: Yeah, I, I um. Maybe have a parallel experience. I spent three years working at KPMG Australia, and when I was reading through the case study, your, some of the stories about the challenges using SAP, for example, oh, what brought me back! I remember filling in timesheets in SAP, and it's not the most usable application ever, but you know, it's certainly very popular in large global organizations. So I can understand you have to keep that at the core of the business. But tell me about the business challenge that your team was asked to solve with the Power Platform that led to the PowerPost application being created?
0: The scope of the PowerPost is around the business process of general ledger. So posting of journals into EY's general ledger. So really at the heart of the EY business. And the challenge EY faced was to figure out how to reduce the lead time of that process and, and how to make it more efficient and faster, simply put. So that was really the outcome we were after.
1: All right. And you're doing this on top of SAP. Does does SAP not have a low-code, no-code platform that helps SAP customers build applications like this? Or was Power Platform the, the best solution you could, uh, you could pick?
0: But there were definitely like a few different options and our team specialized in, in power platforms. So maybe we were slightly biased, but we found the tools and building blocks available to us from that platform, you know, a, a really good match for what we were trying to do. Great.
1: And tell me a little bit about the approach that you took. I'm a big fan of, of taking an agile approach. You might already know that. And I noticed in your story that it, you, you took a similar kind of approach in building this application. What did that look like?
0: So we had a a POC in the spring of last year, and it was about two or three months where we wanted to prove that we could actually create a posting in an SAP sandbox. And yeah, I mean, to to be honest with you, we found no bottlenecks or barriers with the technology. It it was working very smoothly and, and that we're then able to sort of like take to leadership and say, you know, we can do this and we believe that we can deliver these outcomes here. Why don't we go ahead and do it?
1: Ooh. Shilin, was it really that easy to connect to SAP from a Power Platform application?
2: There were challenges, obviously. Uh, for the POC, it was pretty simple to do, but as we were going out into production, there was different environments and gateways that needed to be set up. But we were able to overcome those challenges pretty easily. I think getting all of the functionality across from Power Apps into the SAP connectors. Definitely helped uh, a lot of the the lead time being reduced. Is
1: your SAP instance on-premise? So you had to have some kind of gateway to go from
2: a Microsoft Cloud to an on-premise SAP instance? Uh, so there's multiple gateways that are actually set up. And for each of the environments for SAP, uh, we have individual ones set up for that. So that's how we were able to do that.
1: And was that a challenge
2: working with the internal
1: IT team to... To expose those gateways and and punch a hole through firewalls and all that kind of stuff?
2: I wouldn't call it a challenge. I think it was more the process that's set up at EY. You know, there's obviously policies that we need to have in place and uh, documentation that needs to be filled out for us to obviously go through those hurdles. Luckily, we had a good project team and were able to handle those cases for us and yeah, basically able to get the solution running. Oh, Emil, tell me a little bit more about the,
1: the project team. How, how many people were on the PowerPost project and what kind of roles did they
0: have? It was actually quite small. So we set up, you know, after the POC and we decided to, to set up a core team that were to actually develop this and put it into production. We arranged a fusion team with representatives from global finance, so the process owner. Our ERP support team, so like the, the technical specialists behind our ERP system, and then the Nordic Tech Hub. And I'd say between those three stakeholders, the core team was four or five people. Right. It's so actually quite nimble.
1: Right. Oh, well, that's the way it should be, right? I like working with small teams. You can get a lot done. You've described it as a fusion team in the case study. What's your definition of a fusion team? Is it, is it just a, you know, having some business stakeholders? in your project as subject matter experts, or is there more to it than that?
0: I think not only are they subject matter experts, but they are also a part of like the development team, right? So they're they're down there and getting their hands dirty. They are on the daily stand up calls, you know, they are removing bottlenecks, they're providing feedback, they're providing, you know, their expertise and reviews on things. So they're really a part of the entire development process.
1: Shilin, did you have Fusion developers in there helping you with building flows or was their contribution a little less technical than that?
2: Um, A little less technical. So I think from my side, I was building out the flows and actual application, Um, but it was good to see the feedback, you know, and that they were excited about the way the technology worked and the response time. So I think that was probably the main benefit of having such a fusion team the idea of what we can do with the type of technology and to get the results that they wanted is probably what made this quite a success
1: that it is how did you manage to get the buy-in from those fusion team members and the global finance team they obviously have to carve some time out of their schedule to participate in your project was that a challenge or were they really eager to see this application come to life
0: I think they were really eager after the POC. So we sort of like used the POC as that carrot that we were sort of like chasing, right? And through the POC, we were able to validate that we could reduce the end-to-end lead time of a journal posting with 95%, which is like insane. That's crazy, right? That's such a high reduction. So that, that was really, you know, what drove everyone across the line.
1: So they they'd come to you with a problem and, and uh, were very eager to see it fixed.
0: Yeah, exactly.
1: What kind of process did you use for gathering requirements? Do you have a dedicated business analyst who was documenting things or what did that look like?
2: So the requirements were set out from uh, the process owner. We then started using a feature called DevOps, having user stories, et cetera. I think you've gone through some of those in your shows as well, having user stories mapping out what needed to be done over the sprint periods and um, as the project went on we prioritized what items needed to be done first and then put them into the various sprint plans so that's how we managed it. Were there any
1: other tools you used during the project that uh, were novel or interesting?
2: Yeah, I would say so within the DevOps platform, the pipeline is actually a really good feature for us um, that allowed us to push to various environments like a UAT environment, as well as our production ones, helping us get there a lot quicker instead of manually exporting and importing solutions. We use uh, tables with the Dataverse, which is kind of the back end of our solution. And obviously your Power Platform features like uh, Power Apps and Power Automate, which plug into the SAP ERP connector and Power Platform as the actual front end for the users to use. So I'm an old school Dynamics
1: CRM guy. So obviously Dataverse is the storage choice uh, that always springs to my mind. Was that ever a debate for you? Did you ever consider using a different storage mechanism behind your Power App?
2: There was, actually. I think there were some points where we thought about whether we needed to think about using a SQL database or plugging in. Um, but I think at the end of the day, it made more sense to use Dataverse as, as the way forward. I think they have auditing tools, which also helps us keep track of items. So I think at the end of the day, it was the best choice for us. Ah, good. What kind of testing approach did you take? Did you have
1: their your Fusion team members doing acceptance testing within the sprint or do they test later? Or did you have any automated testing along the way for your features?
2: In the sprint plan, uh, we had delivery targets. So we would try and meet those weekly or bi-weekly measurements. Uh, we would push that version to UAT and the Fusion team, uh, like mentioned, uh, would then test those features check that they are up to standard if there was any bugs they would then report that back and that will feed back into our devops board and then we would check them off one by one uh, if there was anything that needed to be fixed personally i I think it's not a bug unless it was discovered
1: in production if it was discovered (laughs) in uat then it's just an unfinished user story but uh, yeah different people take it different ways i i'm curious how long did the project take overall you mentioned there was a proof of concept for two or three months to make sure there's a viable application here once you got the green light how long did it take before you were in
0: production pretty much only six months so again you know that it's very fast speed to market in in my opinion thinking about the complexity and and the logic required for this application and the production environment it needs to go into i yeah, say only six months did
1: you know that before you started you know did you have a, a good estimate or a good method of estimating how long it was going to take? Or did you kind of explore the timeline as you started to build the application?
0: I think we, we estimated that it would take about six months. But to be frank with you, we didn't have experience with a project at this scale and also deploying to production at a global level. So there were a lot of unknowns that wasn't really clear to us.
1: Think about that process of going into production then once you've begun to wrap up all the features that you needed to deliver. Did you have an extensive testing period after that or were you really ready to go by the by the end of the last sprint?
0: I think so. So from the go-ahead to development until deploying into production, that was really the the MVP version of PowerPost. And then, you know, we're still iterating on it. So Sheelan and the team are still adding features to the production application.
1: Yeah, I always like, like to say that Just because the application is in production doesn't mean the backlog is empty. There's always more features and enhancements that we can make, um, even after we've done our major release. Good. Any particular challenges you faced during the course of the project that were difficult to overcome that you're, you're thankful are behind you
2: now? Yeah, maybe some issues around finding the right, I would say, feature that we want to prioritize, I would say. Sometimes we, in the beginning, It was difficult to say that this is what should be in the MVP and then obviously scaling back to say that this is actually what we can deliver as a project team. I think like Emil mentioned, we didn't have an idea of such a big global scale project and what we could deliver from these aspects. So finding that out as we went along, I think we got a better grasp on what we could deliver as a team. And over time, it made it a lot easier to prioritize our tasks and get uh, the right delivery to our stakeholders. The user interface that you built was a Canvas app, is that right? That's correct, yeah. We had a Canvas
1: app. I'm always curious as to what approach you take with user interface design when you're building a Canvas app, because there's a lot more flexibility and a lot more options. Compared to a model-driven app, where you're fairly well constrained as to what it's going to look like, did that present any particular problems in terms of different opinions about what the app should look like? Did you have a designer, for example, on your team to assist you with that?
0: We do have a UX/UI designer in the team, and, ey, being you know a, a big global corporation, it has you know. Um, a design system. You know, there are certain, you know, defined color palettes, there are defined buttons, ratios, that kind of thing. So we had a very good foundation to go on. Do you think our
1: business applications teams need to have UX and UI people? Because tr- from my point of view, they traditionally haven't. Microsoft Dynamics, CRM, now 365, all the customer engagement apps. Thinking of the ERP applications, there really wasn't a lot a developer could mess up in the user interface but now we've got a beautiful canvas to build upon are we going to see more and more demand from our microsoft business applications teams for those skills and how's your nordic tech hub responding to that possibility
0: i think you have to i think if you think about the applications you use in your daily life on your iphone you know it has beautiful user interfaces the user experience is superb you're really enjoying using those applications And I think we need to apply the same level of quality into the business applications we deploy as an enterprise because we want to provide a similar high quality experience to our users so that they are happy and excited about using our applications as well. And that's why, you know, within our relatively small team of of 25 people, we have two UX UI designers.
1: How much do you think they need to know about the constraints that Power Apps might place upon a user interface? Are they learning as much about Power Apps as your developers are learning about UI design?
0: I think they're definitely pushing the Power Apps application to its limit. Luckily, we have a good relationship with Microsoft and we are in dialogue about, you know, what can it do, what can it not do, you know, what are the workarounds, when is new UI features coming up so we can, like heighten the experience as well is there anything specific in the
1: power platform roadmap that you're excited about that will benefit power post users
2: i haven't really thought about so what what else can be added no, nothing comes to mind actually
1: emil tell me some more about the results that ey has managed to achieve using this application you mentioned a reduction in journal posting times by 95 percent. what does that mean for the
0: business users So the business user here is global finance and it means for our global finance practitioners that they are going to have a much more pleasant experience, you know, uh, doing their day-to-day job. They are going to be able to create and edit and submit their journals and that's going to be quickly reflected into EY's global ledger. So you could say that we provide a much better experience. And and because of that, the satisfaction of global finance practitioners is hopefully going to improve. And on top of that, we're actually providing better financial data to our corporation. You know, it, the data is, is going to be reflected quicker in the systems.
1: I guess you're, you're not a public company, but we're all under pressure to have accurate data at the end of the month, end of the period, end of the year, and those reports available to, to executives as soon as possible.
0: Yeah. And, and I mean, the accuracy has never been an issue, but it's just, you know, the amount of time it takes for it to be reflected in the system.
1: So you've reduced all the the need for so many checks and balances and corrections and all those kinds of things as well. Awesome. So what's next for Nordic Tech Hub? You mentioned that the PowerPost application is still in development. So Sheila, you're still busy with a few enhancements. What are you looking forward to next?
0: So I think we we definitely need to bring PowerPost uh, to a close. So, Shilin, correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe right now it's deployed to 45 countries, and we need to bring that up to 150, so right. so it completely at a global rollout. And then then we do have another few applications in the pipeline. We want to continue to explore this SAP ERP connector space because you can certainly do and achieve a lot of digital transformation utilizing that module.
1: Well, if you can build a timesheet application in Power Apps, you could sell it to my friends at KPMG. Yeah,
0: <laughs> I, uh, I think if we can crack that, you know, we'll uh, we'll be flying. Yeah,
1: you know, I'm sure there's many thousands of SAP customers out there and uh, we're surrounding them with great Power Platform applications to make that experience even better. So, yeah, I look forward to hearing more about your your continued success. Thank you. Well, guys, thanks so much for joining us on the Amazing Applications podcast. It's been a pleasure having you on and hearing more about the project Zilla to build a PowerPost application within the Nordic Tech Hub. So, thank you very much for joining us.
0: Thank you, Neil. It's a pleasure. Thanks, Neil.